New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Now, we're in chapter six, and chapter six's title is The Greatest Secret. You are already rich. Everybody put in the comments, so I am rich. You are already rich. In this chapter, we're going to be discussing words of wisdom and wealth. Is money important? The nine disciplines of wealth, and will you master money, or will money master you? We got four, five uh, quotes to get us started, to get to enter into this uh, this chapter, the first quote comes from Frederick Douglass, who says this, and I quote: "The history of civilization shows that no people can well rise to a high degree of mental or even moral excellence without wealth. A people uniformly poor and compelled to struggle for barely a physical existence will be dependent and despised by their neighbors, and will, and will finally despise themselves." Frederick Douglass. Here's a quote from Shakespeare who says this, and I quote, "'Tis the mind that makes the body rich. "'Tis the mind that makes the body rich." Quote number three from Malcolm Forbes who says this, and I quote, "'Money doesn't make you different. "'It makes your circumstances different. "'Money doesn't make you different. "'It makes your circumstances different. Quote number four from Marcus Garvey, who says this, and I quote, I'll show you what what I'll show you what pride can do. I'll show you what money can do. But most important, I'll show you what pride and money can do together. I'll show you what pride can do. I'll show you what money can do. Uh, but most important, I'll show you what pride and money can do together. And of course, here's the fifth quote 
Of course, this comes from the Bible, Psalms 23.1, and it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everybody put that in the comments below. I shall not want. I want for nothing because the Lord is my shepherd and he takes care of me. Let's get right to this man, a little intro on the greatest secret. You are already rich. Let's read. In all my writing and speeches throughout the years, I'm forever reminding my audiences that like the laws of nature, the true principles of wealth have been with us for thousands of years. They have never changed. Unfortunately, we're living in an age that seems to be traveling faster than the speed of light. We're all looking for fast answers to our problems, easy, quick fix solutions. This futile search for the philosopher's stone that will magically transform our daily efforts into trunks of gold has blinded us to the old laws that have always worked and always will. Even though they're right under our nose, we're no we no longer recognize them. And so they have become secrets. Well, kings and queens, I want you to understand there is no secret to success. It may be that we're blind to it. It may be that we're deaf and dumb to it, but there is no secret. The secret is, has been around, if it is a secret, it's been around for 2,000 some odd years. We've been exposed to this secret. We know of this secret. Now, whether we choose to use it and apply it, that's something different. There are no secrets to success. There are principles that if we choose to follow will lead us to success itself. A quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com, www.ergjblackbazaar.com. ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. wisdom and wealth. Words of wisdom and wealth. Again, we're continuing along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great. Wonderful book written by none other than Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. Words of wisdom and wealth. From the earliest writings of humanity, we know what that the human race has been comprised of the haves and the have-nots. Since my days as an impressionable college student, I've been obsessed with the desire to know what invisible barrier separates these groups. Being a have-not, I want to know why so few of my race managed to climb among the ranks of the wealthy, particularly in a country where success is available to anyone who comes calling. For example, uh, when reviewing the United States Statistical Abstract, I discovered that fewer than 3% of black males 65 years of age and older 
boasts incomes of $75,000 a year. Moreover, more than 60% of African Americans have incomes under $50,000 a year, and nearly 75% maintain incomes between $5,000 and $50,000. Today, the majority of men and women launch their working careers in their 20s. These individuals are fortunate to live in a free world, the most open society on the face of the earth. They have better than 40 years to make a grade financially, yet, according to the data, only one out of 10 does so. Why? Now, let's think about that for a second. We begin working when we're 20, roughly. And we have over, we work over 40 years before we retire, generally speaking. We live in a country that, that, we live in a free world if you're in the United States, in a capitalistic society. And we have access to pretty much whatever it is we want to have access to. Yet, after 40 years, only one out of 10 of our race makes the grade financially. Why? Conduct your own survey. Stroll through your neighborhood and ask your neighbors the following questions. What are you doing to increase your current income? Great question to ask, by the way. What are you doing to increase your income? You're my neighbor, I'm asking you. What are you doing to increase your income? And, and how much money will you be worth at the age 65? How much money will you be worth at the age 65? Canvas your community, ask 50 men and women, 100, 1,000, everyone that you know, until you are completely convinced that the reason people don't earn more money and the reason so few are financially stable as they approach retirement is that they seldom, if ever, engage in any constructive thinking on either subject. When's the last time you thought about retirement? When's the last time you just even considered what it's gonna take for you to earn more money in this free world that we live in. You'll be convinced, let me read this again. The reason so few are financially stable as they approach retirement is that seldom, if ever, do they ever engage in any constructive thinking on either subject. When's the last time you had a conversation, a constructive conversation, about what it's going to look like when you retire. That hardly ever happens. When's the last time you had a constructive conversation about what what about what you need to do to earn more money? That rarely ever happens. See, what I find in our community, we have very good conversations about spending money, i.e. Popeye's chicken. But when it comes to, okay, now we need to figure out what we're going to do to make some money, to earn more money, not many conversations about that. Any wonder why many of us are broke. We don't even engage in the thinking, nor the conversations. Of course, then we aren't able to get to that space or be led to that space or whatever the case you want to, whatever you want to say as it relates to increase in our income. We're not even focused on it. To prove this, ask yourself the same thought-provoking questions. Prior to reading this lesson, what were your plans? Everybody put in the comments, oh, plan. What were your plans for increasing your income? How much do you want to earn? 
And how much money have you decided to be worth by the age of 65? We're talking about plans. We're talking about earning. We're talking about decisions. The answer is simple. People who earn impressive incomes are not lucky, nor do they have a monopoly on talent or ideas, nor are they endowed with more brains than their friends or neighbors. Most individuals who earn handsome incomes began in the same fashion as you and I. The only difference between those who earn large incomes and those who don't is that the financially well-off decided to earn more money. They made a decision, a conscious decision, to make their lives better financially. It's that simple. My question to you, kings and queens, have you made a decision to earn more money? Have you made a decision to be financially well off? The individual who never decides to earn more money, never will. Begin now to rid yourself of any excuses as well as the erroneous thinking that suggests that the wealthy are special or smarter or get all the breaks. We're all self-made. However, only the wealthy will admit it. Many individuals date their discovery to the key to wealth and prosperity from some dramatic experience. I know this to be true in my case. During my many years of trials and heartbreak, I recall the advice given to me by W. Clement Stone as I sought to create my fortune. Throughout our relationship, he took on the role of teacher and I the student. During one of my tougher moments, I visited with him in his richly paneled executive office where Mr. Stone explained one of the life's least understood secrets. When you've earned a lot of money, and you will, never forget the cause of your wealth. If you do, you will neglect your greatest power. At the time, I was confused as to what he meant, but I eventually grasped the meaning of the message. I've made it a point to question every top flight business person that I've met. I've taken enough notes to fill a good-sized garage in an attempt to draw a composite picture of Black America's wealth and financially, uh, in, and financially independent. I talked to the old and the young, male and female, educated and uneducated, entrepreneurs, corporate executives, senior level cabinet members, high achieving men and women of all types. I felt like a warrior as I peered into the lives of those who had such a profound influence upon my life. By their own actions, all of these individuals prove what is possible to accomplish when you have clarity of purpose. A labor of love backed by outstanding sales skills and an indefatigable commitment to providing more and better service than that which is expected. They had what? Clarity of purpose. Everybody put it on so clarity. They knew what they wanted to do. They had clarity. They loved what they do. They, they had a love for what it is they wanted to do and they backed it up with outstanding sales skills. And they were committed to providing better and more service than that which is expected. To say the least, uh, this was a far cry from what I expect to hear concerning the creation of wealth and success. Like a transfixed scientist on the brink of some earth-shattering discovery, I absorbed everything that I learned. 
I distilled the formula down to its bare essence. And like the great African-American chemist, Dr. Percy Julian, I was left with a substance of incredible power. Upon examination, this radiating, life-changing formula of personal wealth and independence wasn't really new. In fact, it had been known to mankind for thousands of years. No matter whom I interviewed, I paid extremely close attention to their remarks about money, wealth, and prosperity. Fortunately, I kept the audio tapes and notes that revealed their wisdom, advice, and anecdotes on this most important subject. Focused, candid, and oh so wise, these men and women all shared the same philosophy, deeply embedded in all the processes and the principles leading to a life of abundance and fulfillment lies one element, the cause of wealth. Have you discovered it? Only you can answer that. Here's a clue. There's a way to become wealthy without ever increasing your income and it's easier than you think. Oh, wow. There's a way to become wealthy without ever increasing your income and it's easier than you think. Huh. I wonder what this is about. Wow. Okay. Well, let's keep going. Wealth can be found in ideas. Everybody put in comments on ideas. Wealth can be found in ideas. Wealth can be found in ideas. I may not know what wealth is, but I certainly know how to get it, said John Johnson, founder of Johnson Publications. Here's a man who was rocked in the cradle of poverty, but eventually made his mark. He has lifted the consciousness of an entire race, and it isn't what most people think. Wealth isn't a fancy car or fancy clothes or a spacious home. It won't be found within any material possessions. Wealth is located in you, the individual, within your heart. It can only be attained by pursuing your dreams. Oh, the power of one great idea. It can truly change the face of the world. One grand idea or vision can be the turning point in your life. And you should not, must not walk away from this challenge. Never allow the dawn of a new day to greet you without a dream. Forget needs and wants while the aim of survivors. The key is creativity and imagination. Wealth is not something out there in the external, but it's something in here in the internal. It's dependent on universal principles and a higher consciousness. You will never be given a dream without the tools to reach that dream. Maximum founder and CEO Joshua Smith related his feelings from one of his darker moments as he dared to build a 40 million high tech firm. For damn near two years, I did nothing but crystallize my goals and objectives. I had no steady income. My bills were piling up and to say the least, my lifestyle was out of sorts. I knew I had a plan that could drastically offer software services to companies that had neither the manpower nor the hardware to keep pace with a changing business environment. 
But until the day arrived when I could deploy all of my efforts and introduce my services to a waiting public, life was one big hassle. Was I hurting? No question. Was I broke? Most definitely. Was I discouraged? Yes, many times. But was I poor? No. Poverty is a state of mind. It's a negative force that numbs the body and drains the spirit. As I look back, I can now see how wealth is brought into being by concentration. A tremendous desire to make something happen, to keep moving forward, to stay true to your course and fight for your dreams. Great wealth calls for concentration. Singleness of purpose. One unwavering aim. To drift from day to day is easy. No skill is required, no effort for pain, no effort or pain. On the other hand, to set goals for a day or, or a week or a month and to obtain these objectives is never easy. All wealthy men and women have been noted for their power of concentration, which makes them oblivious to trivial pursuits. Don King, the fight promoter. And showman, cho and showman chose the right metaphor to convey his point. Wealth is a byproduct of one's thinking. I can't make you wealthy by giving you a handout, but I can put you on the road to prosperity by teaching you what I know. He then gave me a stunning new version of Benjamin May's off-used quote. Not to reach one's goal is not nearly as bad as not having a goal to reach. And what are your goals? I interrupted. To become America's first black billionaire, he fired back. How are you going to do that? I asked. I just told you. His emotion is obviously spilling over by hanging around billionaires and learning all they know. By hanging around billionaires and learning all they know. So there must be something to this. If you want to be wealthy, study wealthy people. Even then, Don King saying the same thing. He said, hey, I played there. I, my goal is to be the first black billionaire. In order for me to do that, I got to hang around billionaires. I got to read what they read. I have to do what they do. Listen to what they listen to. Hang out where they hang out. If that's where I want to go in life. A quick word from our sponsor. So not only can wealth be found in ideas, guys. No, no, no. Wealth can also be found in work. Wealth can also be found in work. Too many work in unfulfilling. Too, too, I'm sorry, too many work is unfulfilling. The great majority that they, th the great majority think they will be happier doing something else. To almost everyone, the day of choice arrives. What career? What shall my life's work be? If your instinct and your heart ask for carpentry, be a carpenter. If for medicine, be a physician. Choose one vocation or calling and master it in all details. Sleep by it. 
swear by it, and work for it. And with a firm choice and resolute will, you cannot help but succeed. Wealth is most likely to appear when you are totally engaged in doing something you enjoy. Percy Sutton explains, one of the things I discovered throughout my career is that wealth usually comes to those who are interested in a labor of love. It's only when the individual forgets his problems and shortcomings and pours himself wholeheartedly into reaching his objective that wealth will eventually make its appearance. Wealth is not acquired, as many people believe, by chance or speculation, but by the daily practice of industry, frugality, and toil. The individual who relies upon these means will rarely be found destitute. There's one towering pillar of wealth that dwarfs all others. It is certain to be included in every list of affirmations on creating a better life for centuries to come. And yet most of mankind will reject it again and again. As too difficult. Wealth, fame, and fortune will be yours eventually if you determine to render more and better service than you're paid to do. Everybody put in the comments on more and better. Wealth, fame, and fortune will be yours eventually if you determine to render more and better service than you're paid to do. Uh, many of my race hate the rich, Herman Russell says with a tinge of bitterness. They don't understand the role that hard work plays in success. Too frequently, we idolize celebrities or those who make success look, uh, who make succeeding look easy. There's no magical formula. Achieving anything worthwhile is tough. Just as diamonds do not look like diamonds in their rough form, wealth takes on a much different appearance in its early stages. People need to know the value of work the completion of the difficult task and the just rewards it brings. Money is what you receive when you help someone achieve his or her goal. His or her goal. Now, this is Herman Russell. In case you guys don't know, Herman Russell is the dude who pretty much built Atlanta. And he's saying that, hey, stop idolizing these celebrities. Go to work. You understand the value of work. There's no magical formula. Achieving anything worthwhile is tough. Just as diamonds do not like do not look like diamonds in their rough form, wealth takes on a much different appearance in its early stages. People need to know the value of work, the completion of a difficult task, and the just rewards it brings. And here's the bottom line, guys. If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And here's what I also have come to understand. That most people choose easy. And they don't get much for it. Matter of fact, they choose easy and they get that. They actually have that reciprocate back in their life. They choose to do the easy. And guess what? They get the easy back. But the easy is not uh, it, it's not where wealth resides. The easy is not where it takes where, 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 it, where it, it, it dwells. It's a reward for completing the difficult. It's a reward. 
that comes to only the few who will even try the impossible. It's a reward. For doing some things that other people won't do, can't do, simply choose not to do. It's a reward. Now money is what you receive when you help someone else achieve his or her goal. My favorite quote was Zig Ziglar, if you help enough other people get what they want, you help enough other people achieve their goals, you help enough other people by rendering more service and better service, then you're paid to. If you help enough other people get what they want, you'll have everything that you want. You know what that says to me? That says to me as I'm on my wealth journey, that I think I need I, that I should think more of others than I do of myself. And I believe that's why I've been blessed the way that I've been blessed because I put others before myself. I put others before myself. And I try to help as many other people as I possibly can to accomplish their goals. Now, what it also says is that in order for me to do that, I got to know what their goals are. And they need to know what their goals are. You can't help a wandering person because they haven't decided what it is they want out of life. You can talk to them, you can pray for them, but if they're wandering around, it'll be very difficult to help them get somewhere when they don't know where they want to go. But the people who do know where they want to go. And I help them to get there. I just continue to find that wealth, success, it, it, it tends to find me. It, it tends to knock on my door because I'm operating in within the principles, within the laws of life, the laws of wealth, the laws of prosperity. To render more service and better service than you are paid for. Good morning to you, Ms. Phyllis. Thanks so much for joining. So not only can wealth be found in ideas, not only can wealth be found in work, wealth can also be found in adding value. Everybody put also add value. Wealth can also be found in adding value. I can't, my V button not working. All right, let's do that. The key to wealth, Ernest Procope says, is to add value. Successful entrepreneurs take, an, entrepreneurs take an average mundane product and add value. Look at McDonald's. Ray Kroc certainly didn't invent the hamburger, but he combined service, quality, and convenience and made a routine product into something highly marketable. Ernesto was, a, was just a babe in the insurance industry when he, she made a bold and some said at the time outlandish move. As co-founder and president of the largest black-owned insurance brokerage firm in the country, she has journeyed and prospered in an environment where no black man, let alone a black woman, has ever set foot. For 25 years, her firm, the E.G. Bowman Company, was headquartered in Bedford-Stuy's uh, squalid Brooklyn, New York ghetto. 
During this period, the enterprise grew from a tiny home and car insurer with three employees to a company with a staff of 40, among them several black CPCUs, chartered property and casualty underwriters, well-credentialed prof professionals who would make the industry's pace setters most envious. With a list of accounts that includes top, five, top Fortune 500 firms, Proscope felt that if her company was to develop and truly flourish, she needed to move it to the industrial's financial hub, Wall Street. Proco's business acuity was developed and nurtured by her parents, West Indian immigrants who settled in Brooklyn during the 1910s and imparted ambition, drive, and wisdom to Ernesta and her three brothers. These qualities obviously spilled over into other areas. At age 13, she had pulled, she had studied piano seriously enough to be showcased at New York's Carnegie Hall. After completing high school, she attended Brooklyn College as a music major, but left to marry Albin Bowman, a Brooklyn real estate investor. At his insistence, she studied and passed the state exam for insurance brokers in 1950 to help support him in the business. Four years later, her husband died, and she resisted any temptation to sell out. Procope based her strategy upon long-term planning, providing a quality service, boundless energy, and an insistence upon personal excellence. Over the years, we've had to we've had loads of challenges. This industry has not flung its doors wide open to train, to encourage, or to welcome black professionals. The predominantly white male composition can be daunting, but like any product or service, you cannot wait for others to pave the way. You overwhelm prejudice and discrimination with excellence and effort. Her words are not just philosophical, they're practical. You overwhelm prejudice and discrimination with excellence and effort. My beautiful people, Are you willing to give the effort in excellence? And today we're talking about wealth. The words of wisdom of wealth, where wealth can be found in ideas and in work and in adding value. Are you taking any of these areas for granted? Are you taking your ideas for granted? Are you taking your work for granted? Are you taking adding value? Matter of fact, as today's Saturday, I want you to think about how you're going to be able to add value to the life of someone else. Yes, you are valuable. But what can you do today to add value? Add more value. Provide more service. Be better service. This is how you stand out, by the way. It's not about, uh, all, it's, you know, the, the, all the talking doesn't do, you know, gives you a little bit of, uh, of, of visibility, but all of the working, you will get noticed by the right people when you are providing more service and better service than you're paid to do. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club where black folk do read. If you put in a book, we absolutely will find it. And I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, 
and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth. To build an institution that will teach the next generation about money and your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, it says, well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ. Hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new black Wall Street book club. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer. But we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new black Wall Street. Book club, book club. Yeah.